Division One Reject is back. Kobe Manzo, Jimmy Martin, Tyshawn King, the fellas are back here uh, recording another episode before our game tomorrow against Davenport, who's traveling up to the Superior Dome. Fellas, how are we feeling today? How are we feeling about this weekend? Feeling good, man. Feeling good, yeah. What are we looking forward to with uh, with Davenport? What are we looking to see from those guys? Man. Nothing, just a little shrug. What? Hey. They're going to be decent. They're 1-1 one one right now. They beat, uh, they beat a solid Walsh team. They lost uh, week one to a, a solid opponent. I forget who they lost to week one, but they're going to be they're going to be a good team. They'll have a solid defense. Uh, their secondary is super aggressive. I know Nishan was talking about that. They love to do a lot of press, man. Basically, like we are better athletes than you. Beat us. So hopefully, guys take that personally, right? Yeah. I feel like if I were on the outside and someone was pressing me like that, that and that's what they're saying, right? I'm a better athlete than you. Yeah. Try and try and get open. Yeah. So personally, I think the number one way that uh, we need to like kind of like work towards is establishing the run game early. I think that's kind of why we struggled last week. And, oh, yeah. Um, obviously, when you give the ball to Tyshawn and TQ only six times each, like you're not going to win a lot of games. So that's, like, that's, a, that's a good question. I think this goes with a lot of college and pro football, high school, whatever. Um, when do you draw that line? Like when do you give up on that early? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, some, there's a fine line of like – because I, I would agree with you. I think we gave up on it last week pretty early, right? We didn't really try to get that established in the beginning. And runs – like that through the middle in between the tackles aren't going to hit every play. You know what I mean? That's, that's, those are things that you get guys like Tyshawn, TQ into a rhythm, right? You want to get the ball in their hands, continue to get them good looks. But when is that line where you say, okay, it's not working? What do you think? Is it like a quarter thing? Is it a time thing? Is it a number of carry thing? That's a good question. It all depends. Yeah. Circum- yeah. It, it depends on the circumstances. Just kind of a feel? Yeah, I like, feel man, like we really we not get, getting we, anything out of this. We gave up on it too early last week. I yeah. Like. So we'll see how we how we handle that differently this week. But in today's episode, a lot of NFL talk, some GLIAC recap from last week, see what's going on in our conference, the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Uh, not too much college football news besides some recaps from last week's games. But in the NFL, the Lions showed a ton of fight in their season opener loss to the 49ers. A lot more than I was expecting, a lot more than a lot of people were expecting. Uh, Aaron Dodger, Aaron Rodgers, Dodgers, is uh, may as well retire after week one after his performance. Packers lost thirty-eight to three to Jameis Winston post eye LASIK surgery. He's huh. seeing through the defensive playbook this year, one hundred percent. It seemed like it, right? Uh, yeah, Jameis was dotting up. He's like one hundred forty-eight yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, kind, it, of a, kind of a weird stat line. It's but, you a know, very it's, it's, hey five touchdowns. Exactly, and one of them was kind of like a shovel type yeah. pass, correct? But yeah. I mean, still, the, the dude balled out, which is great to see. Um, no turnovers. That was the biggest Zero thing for Jameis, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere. Right now, just the audio version of the podcast. We'll get that video version up and rolling in a couple weeks here. I'm still immobile with uh, the torn ACL. So hopefully once I get off crutches, we'll get up and moving around, get into a different space, get that video podcast set up for you guys. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter, D1 underscore Rejects, and on Instagram, at Division One Rejects. Shout out the episodes. We'll get some guests on here starting next week. I'm contacting a few guys now. We'll get them on here next week talking with us, talk some football. Probably some guys in the GLIAC, guys around D2, uh, maybe some other schools. Going to get some coaches on here in the future as well. But GLIAC, Ferris State, Jimmy, you said it, man. They beat Ashland 45-19. Like, what? Ashland is a quality team, yeah, even Ashland, though they're not Ashland's in the GLIAC solid. anymore. Ashland's a good team, man. Like, Always. Like, we kept, like, Ty said this last week, Ferris is kind of just like Alabama. Like, you know what to expect every year out of them. Yeah. It's a very, like, there's a very good program. It doesn't matter Simple. what pieces come together. If you have a lacrosse player playing quarterback for you, it doesn't matter. The result is the same. Like, that's, I think that's, that's a good analogy is, like, that's what Alabama, like, you don't know what you're going to get from Bryce Young or from all these other skill position players. But you knew once they went on the field, it's over with. Like, it didn't matter. Every year. 
every single year. So, I mean, I guess that's good for the GLIAC, right? Because we've had a lot of GLIAC teams lose a lot of out-of-conference games, which mm-hmm. is not good for the GLIAC, right? Because we are one of the, arguably, the best Division II conference in the country. Definitely one of the, right? Um, and so to see teams in our conference lose out-of-conference games is not really a good thing. Mm-hmm. You want everyone to be beating up on each other within the conference, right? So when we have teams... Uh, like Wayne State right now is 0 2 out of conference, Slippery Rock, and then Truman State. So now they've got Missouri S and T, I believe today. They might play today or tomorrow. I forget. Um, but to see them go 0 2, a quality team like Wayne State is not good for our conference. So hopefully those guys can pick up a dub this weekend. Um, they lost 27 to 9 to Truman State last week. Truman State, though, uh, I believe that's who Davenport played in week one. Yeah. Truman State. So they're 2 0 against GLIAC teams, which is, and that's a GMAC, correct? Mm-hmm. Or no, is that GLVC? No, yeah, the GLVC. Yeah, GLVC. GLVC. That's, like I think country, that's yeah. I think that's the best team in the GLVC. I want to say they're at the top, or at least they haven't, probably haven't started conference play yet. But uh, Davenport, who we have, like I said, they beat a good Walsh University team, ten to six. So we can see that they're uh, solid defense. The defense yeah. is the side of the ball. They def- definitely have put the emphasis on this year. Like I was saying, not to say they won't have an offense, but I think their quarterback position has kind of been up in the air. Um, I know Nystrom touched on it a little bit in his press conference earlier this week that I was there. He talked about how they've had a starter for the last few years, and he actually wasn't in the game against Walsh. There was some other kid in there. So that probably is the reason they only had 10 points. And, like, 10 points is a very, I don't know, I guess interesting, like just a field goal and a touchdown, I guess. They didn't really have – I saw they didn't have too many red zone opportunities Mm -hmm. to even capitalize on. So driving the ball down the field must have been pretty difficult for them. Um, But, like I said, Walsh is a quality team. But Nystrom was expecting a different quarterback to be playing against us this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but it will be interesting to see what kind of Davenport team shows up, especially being one and one. Uh, like I said, Wayne State lost to Truman State. Michigan Tech lost to St. Thomas 12 to 9. They seem to be struggling to put up points. Mm-hmm. Their defense is doing a great job, um, and they're in games. Michigan Tech, I feel like, is always in games. They rarely get blown out. But last week, 14 to 10, I believe, against Hillsdale. Mm-hmm. This they come out on top of that one in their home opener. 12 to 9 against St. Thomas. So really for me, it feels like they just are struggling to put up points. And that Hillsdale game in week one, they scored only in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So you go three quarters without scoring any type of meaningful points. And is that just the most Michigan Tech thing ever and still end up winning the game? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, guys are tough. Like they're tough dudes. You know what I mean? And they're they're going to give us a hell of a game. And I hope, hopefully we'll come on top of that one because we haven't in the past. But I feel like that's just the most Michigan Tech thing ever. Like, they're just going to hang in the game, hang in the game, hang in the game. And then as soon as you make a mistake, all of a sudden you're losing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the most Michigan Tech thing ever. So it'll be interesting Pests. to see. They're, they're, they're pests, man. They, just, they are. They just hang around. I feel like they don't. they do a really good job of not shooting themselves in the foot. At least that, that I've seen. I haven't been around. Like, you guys have actually, you know, played against whatever. But, like... From what I've seen, if I feel like they execute very well, are pretty disciplined, is that kind of the experience that you've seen from them? They fumbled five times when we played them. Did they actually? Yeah. Holy you gotta, cow. You got to capitalize off their mistakes. Yeah. Because they're going to capitalize And we obviously yours. didn't. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's, what, that's what they do, though, really well is when you mess up. They capitalize. And you have to capitalize when they make mistakes. 100%. Like you said, they pest. They're just going to hang around. So if you don't put them <laughs> out, they're going to they gonna be there. They're going to gonna stick to you <laughs> and the next thing you know is a minute 30 left and you losing uh-huh 100 percent. that's why they win games man they've been they've been a middle of the road like a average to upper tier gliac team for a while now uh kind of hanging in there with like the saginaw valley and that's because they've kind of been in that same situation but speaking of saginaw valley they drop one to bowie state 28 to 19 another out of conference loss for the gliac now 
I will say the GLIAC this year, the out-of-conference scheduling is a little different because of the loss of Ashland. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Davenport twice this year, or we have Northwood twice this year as well. And this first game against Davenport, I believe, is not counted as a conference game. Right? Have you, you guys heard that? I didn't know that. So that's what I was, that's what I was talking about. Because I was talking to... Really? A, yeah. That's, I was talking to a, a few people about that. And I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure... Um, according to, it was just like, I was talking to Nate and Han and a couple other guys, like in the program, you know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. talking to them about it. And, uh, Han said that this one is not, he was our equipment manager here at Northern. He said, it's not a conference game. So is that the same for the first Northwood game too? So he, I, he, apparently he said that Northwood both are conference games, but the problem yeah. is without Ashland, you have these people double scheduling, Yeah. but then you have teams that can't get the same opponent twice like that. The scheduling just didn't work out. Uh-huh. So Saginaw Valley plays a team from Texas, like halfway through the season, right in the middle of quote unquote league play. Right. So the scheduling this year for the GLIAC is all wonky, yeah. which just means more out of conference opponents. And right now we have kind of stunk. The out-of-conference teams are kicking our butt right now in the GLIAC, which is not good. Um, Second off, Valley, this is their – would this be the third year with that new coaching staff with Ryan Brady and the the fellas over there? I want to say it's their third year. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I honestly have no clue. Not sure, but they, they, they cleaned house, I believe, my senior year of high school. So I want to say this is their third year with the new coaching staff. So they're looking to have a big year, but a loss like that out of conference is definitely not good for them. They returned a lot of guys that were all GLIAC last year, which is big time, especially on the offensive skill side of the ball. Grand Valley State, they finally played because they had that week one cancellation. Uh-huh. They win 34-14 against 19th-ranked Colorado State Pueblo, and they move up to 14 in the current rankings. So... That is solid. We have two teams in the top 15, obviously them being Ferris and GV, which is probably to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grand Valley, 2019, they were fourth in the GLIAC. So talk about a prove-it year. Those yeah. guys, I cannot even imagine. Like, you know, our coaches, are, our coaches are old school and our coaches are tough. Man, I'm not going to talk bad about any coaching staff, but if there's one coaching staff I would not want to play for, it's the Grand Valley coaches. So I can only imagine what that camp and leading up to that, that game was like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you ever have any uh, contact with those guys, either of you guys? You just see it. You can see it. Can you? Yeah, you How so? When, when you play them. When you play them? Yeah, just like can, on the sideline interaction and stuff like that? It. You can hear it. Yeah. Okay. They're they are very vocal over there. But, you know what I mean? Like, usually, like, 2019 was kind of the exception, though. Usually, they win a lot of games. They can mm-hmm. get away with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they bring in a lot of kids every year, but with a lot of kids, you get a lot of talent. It's almost like that Mount Union style of football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mount Union bring in like 115 kids a year. Just weed them out. You might get a couple kids that stick around that are studs. Mm-hmm. The rest of them just going to either stay or just transfer out. But uh, let's see what other teams. We had a tough loss, 28-10, to 10, Wisconsin Oshkosh, that we've already touched on a little bit. Um, kind of just like a 24-hour rule, right? Just, you know, improve on what we can improve on, watch the film, check it out, and then just move the hell on and never look back at that because yeah. that is just something that we I don't even think that we even want to discuss that much. Um, it's been talked about at nausea by us, I feel like, the last week. So mm-hmm. um, this week is a big for us against Davenport. But finally, Northwood, they lose to number 15, Tiffin, 40-6. to six. That's tough. Now, that was at Tiffin, and Tiffin is legit. Yeah. But I will say they have a, 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 a one of my buddies on the team at Northwood – for him, which I don't know how credible this is, but he said there were three NFL scouts there for Tiffin. That's pretty legit. Yeah. That's what he said. And so that was the word amongst uh, the Northwood players. I don't know if that's 100%. Obviously, I was not there. Neither were you guys. But uh, Tiffin's defense, I guess, is like really legit. 
Uh, they do a really good job. So Northwood has a bye week this week before we go down and play them in week four. So the bye week probably could not come at a better time yeah. for Northwood. They're 0-2 right now. They lose in overtime to Gannon at uh, in week one, and now they have that tough loss to Tiffin. So definitely going to be some reevaluating down in Midland. Otherwise, NFL stuff. Who, who, who do you want to start with? Might as well start with the Thursday night game. Thursday night game? Yeah. Go for it. What'd you see? Saw some good football last night. That's not what I expected to see. You yeah. Know what I mean, Daniel Jones played a great game last night. Yeah, he did. And the Giants had that game won. And Daniel Jones, I don't know what like site it was, and we're not a gambling podcast by any means, but you just like I, you know, and I enjoy looking at odds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How was Daniel Jones plus three thousand for first score of the game? He's a quarterback of an NFL team. I don't he's not considered by any means to be a great or incredible like tier quarterback. You know right. what I mean? But right. plus three thousand for your quarterback to have the first score of the game. And he almost had it. Yeah, yeah he, he did, did have it. it. He did he rushed have it. it. He, he ran, ran it in. in. Oh, he did run it in. Uh-huh. And then the yeah. second one got called back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, Daniel Jones is a sneaky athlete. Dude, it's sneaky as, as long as he stays he, on his feet. No, yeah. it's not it's not sneaky anymore. He, uh, no, it's, yeah, he, you're right. He, it's not. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you get in the open field, too. Like, he's not a, I feel like he's not a very uh, elusive, he's not I guess agile, you would say. He yeah, can, he can move a little bit. But point A to point B, the dude can move. Yeah, right? he can do it. So, uh, for me, that game, it was good to see how many weapons Washington had. And Heineke looked, Heineke obviously looked really good. Taylor Heineke looked incredible. Last he night. did. That last throw like I was telling you about in the fourth quarter, who was that too? Big 80-something. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. Seals-Jones. There he you go. He used to play receiver. Did he? And he moved it to I'm pretty sure. You That's can a big body. This. I'm pretty sure he was a five-star out of high school. Really? Seals-Jones? Uh, yeah. I've never heard of him. He, used to, he played with yeah. Johnny Manziel. So they have, they have Seals-Jones. He's playing tight end, right? Yeah. Seals-Jones. You have Logan Thomas, who had a lot of big plays for them last year. Yeah. And they have Rudolph, right? No, Rudolph played for the Giants. Giants, sorry. I guess I got mixed up. Um, they got Curtis Samuel, too. He's on IR right now. Yeah. Curtis Samuel is? Yeah. Do the Giants still have Evan Ingram? Yes. They do. Where was he? Injured. He is injured. What yeah. do he do, do you know? Calf. Uh, I like watching him play. Yeah, athlete. He's a stud, When he man. catch the ball, he... Yes. He's nice. He's a stud. Um, So that game, obviously, uh, Washington wins. I, we didn't say the final score. 30-29, to 29, right? Yes, 30, 30 to 29. 30 to 29 on that field goal. And that was <laughs> Man. Like how do you like how do you walk into a meeting and know you won a game cuz he missed the field goal and you jumped offside uh-huh. to a field goal. I would be sick. I'm I don't sick even know how you stomach. I don't being, even know how you do that. Imagine being a Giants fan. Dude, imagine that. I saw I saw oh. I saw a tweet today it was like um don't worry guys the Giants were 0 and 2 when they won the Super Bowl in 2000 it was 2008. <laughs> he said, don't worry, guys. Sends annual tweet. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Damn. It's that, funny. That is a tough way to lose. That is the worst. Yeah. Like, actually the worst. Talk about discipline, especially at that level. You think that dude just gets cut? No. Nah. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out. Right? Yeah. I like that. I might have to find out who it is. Dexter um, Lawrence. Was it? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Damn. But, uh, yeah, I was just impressed by Heineke. Because obviously Fitzpatrick out, he's out with uh, a hip injury. Said eight weeks potentially on him, so that's but no surgery though. Half the season, it must not be. If Heineke keeps weeks. playing like this, Fitzpatrick's not going to start. You think I mean, so? Dude, yeah, that's Heineke what I was completed say, like thirty three passes last night. He did. They threw the ball a lot more than I was expecting. Yeah. I'm, I'm got to find out actually. Um, what were his? How much? How many rushing yards did he have? That's what I was wondering. 
Four carries for six yards. Heineke? Heineke. Yeah, I think he threw for like three, almost 350. I think it was 346. 34 for 46, 336. 336. Two okay. touchdowns and one interception. The interception, I think, I mean, obviously, you can't always blame like the quarterback for a pick because, yeah. like, even though in the they stats, been, they should have been running is. the ball. Yeah, that's like, what there's, I was there's say. no reason for them to be throwing that ball in any mm-hmm. situation. There, you run, you get, you try to run, you run the ball, you get a first down, and the game's over. The Giants yeah, really? had just burned a timeout. It was only second down. Mm-hmm. They had no business throwing the ball. Yeah, and then it was a bad play call at that because you know they playing man, and you like try to run like a rub route and rub your own receiver. That don't work. That's just a bad. No, that's not. a bad play call. Not a great rushing night though for Washington. Gibson, thirteen carries, sixty nine yards. Who's that's, that's a decent stat line. He's averaging 5.3, which isn't bad. Uh, McKissick, though, only four carries, 10 yards. Had that one short touchdown fantasy for Fantasy vulture. Yeah, exactly. But um, I was expecting Washington to have a little bit more of a run-oriented offense because I just didn't think they were all in on Heineke throwing the ball 46 times in a game. Is that just where the NFL is going now? Like, Is that just what we're going to yeah. see? Because it kind of feels like it. Yeah. What kind of Have we seen a dominant... How many dominant like rushing performances have we seen in the first couple weeks? Montgomery from for the Bears had a good week. He had a good Mixon, yeah. Mixon ran the ball well against Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Elijah Mitchell ran for over 100 yards too last week against the. And Lions. it's weird because it's not the it's not the usual guys, right? Yeah. Henry, I mean, Montgomery Henry got shut down. Yeah. Saquon got shut down. Who else? Who else am I thinking about that usually the the big fantasy guys? What CMC do? He had, a good yeah, he, had he had almost 100 receiving yards, and like, 90 rushing yards. Yeah. There you go. So that's CMC. Yeah, that's, that's, that's CMC, CMC for stuff. It, yeah. yeah. David Cook had a pretty decent. Pretty decent uh, game as well, I think. Did he against the uh, he had Bengals? That, he had a costly fumble, though, in that game. Really? Yeah. I, I do the stud, too, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just really my big takeaway from this game was that Heineke is legit. He got he signed, a, he signed a three-year contract. Worth, two-year, I think. Was it only two-year? Yeah. I think it was It was two, two or three, but it was around eight or nine million. Yeah. So it was just under 10, I remember. So, so, I mean, he's getting paid. He's not getting the payment of a starting quarterback, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, he's going to be playing as a starting quarterback for, I don't think, the they're going to bring future. Yeah, they're not. Why would you bring in somebody else for that position? You know what I mean? There's not exactly anyone on the market right now that really comes out of me unless you're going to go after like a Deshaun Watson. Like, I don't really know how the they would make that they work. The only person they could have went for if he struggled last night was maybe Cam Newton. Yeah, uh, that's what Stephen A. Smith was saying, that that might be Cam Newton's best chance of getting back into the league is the Washington football team. I would not take anymore. Taylor Heineke over Cam Newton 10 times out of 10 right now. The team, It's all about the team, too. Yeah. Like, you have a solid core of guys that seem like they genuinely like each other. Yeah. You saw what uh, McLaurin was saying about him. He said he played like a point guard. Yeah. And he loves playing with Heineke. That's what he said. And he had a, he had a solid game uh, yeah. last night as well. He was their lead receiver, 11 receptions, 107 yards. Averaging 10 yards like uh, reception, and he had that touchdown catch in the... That was the first touchdown. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, when you're getting stat lines like that, there's no way you can complain about the quarterback play. You feel me? Right? Actually, no. Yeah. He was getting tons of targets. So, I will say McKissick did not have too many carries. Only four carries, but he did have five catches for 83 yards. He busted the, that yeah. one. Yeah. He busted that one, which definitely yeah. helped the... Uh, that the was the play there. before the... The touchdown pass, yep. I, think, I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah. I believe you're right. Uh, Logan Thomas, five catches, 45 yards. Uh, then Adam Adam Humphreys had a few. Ricky Seals-Jones, that was his only catch of the night. Yep. I did not know that. I mean, I'd never heard of that heard of that guy before. So, <laughs> he's been I around mean, the league for like, He's been bouncing I, around. Uh, Has he? How old like, is he? He was, in, he was in Cleveland. He was in Arizona. He was like, in Kansas City. He's, yeah, been, he's been bouncing he's around. Been everywhere. He's been everywhere. Yeah, I did not know that, dude. It says here. Oh, here's. He's 26. So, really not. I mean, he's not that old. Still got some some years ahead of him for sure. Let's talk about the Lions a bit. Before we get into it, I just wanted to say that I saw a tweet that encapsulated the game very well. It said that 
The Lions showed more fight in one game under Dan Campbell than in three seasons under Matt Patricia. I completely agree. That's brutal. But it's so true. They were down by 24 with like three minutes left. I went to the running back meeting, and it was 38 to 10. Yeah. Like... And I come out, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, 49ers, I knew they are going to be a solid team. You know, every team in the NFC West, just a bunch of dogs, especially coming off of all the injuries that the 49ers had last year. But I come out, and it's a one-score game, and we lost. And, and they, I, they had the ball with, yeah. like, 20 seconds yeah. left. And they had a chance to win, like a yeah. legitimate chance yeah. to win that game. And I got 20 texts from my dad on my phone. I'm just going yeah. through. He's sending me recaps. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I'm in a meeting. I can't, I can't read all these. But um, really, though, that, that tweet was so good because under Matt Patricia, you just did not see them bounce back from any real adversity while he was the coach there. It felt like we tried to hang around, and, and hang around and bounce back are two very different things, mm-hmm. right? In week one when we were playing McKendry and they tied it up at 20, we bounced back and scored multiple t- uh, scored again to, to take the lead and get that win, mm-hmm. right? It's not hang around and see what happens. I feel like hanging around is almost like coin flip. Like we talk about Michigan Tech. Yeah. Michigan Tech can hang around in a lot of games. They bounce back too. Like they're a very resilient team. But when they hang around, it's almost like you're just letting fate, I feel like, decide. Like it's a coin flip. Mm-hmm. That's a 50-50. Either one can win that game. When you bounce back and you have that type of reaction, you know, obviously you're not always going to win the Lions. I felt like bounced back even though they didn't win that game. But – that was still really impressive to me. Halftime score was 31 to 10. Final was 41 to 33. So the Lions outscored the Niners by 13 in the second half and uh, brought that game to one score, even though most of Ford Field was actually empty by that point. Did you hear some of them talking about that after the game? Yeah. And it was like the same thing that happened. Uh, it, was a couple, it was a couple years ago. I don't remember who it was. I think it was like a Miami Heat game. Yeah, yeah. it was a Heat game in the finals. And they was losing. Uh huh. And they came and back and they ended up came winning. back and won. And yeah. everybody was outside trying to get back in. So the <laughs> arena was like halfway empty by the time they won the game. That's ridiculous, man. I feel like you pay your money, you might as well just sit right? through it all. What do you got better to do? Nothing. You know you have nothing planned. You going home because you were trying to go to the game anyways. You feel me? So I know Jared Goff was. He took like the the high road about it. Uh, the new starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions, and he said something along the lines of, uh, "Next time we'll make sure it's a little bit more entertaining in the first half." To make sure the, the fans stay around. So he didn't really put the blame on him, but um, he definitely acknowledged the fact that there was nobody there at the end of the game. Penny Sewell was a big talking point in this game. He was going against Bosa, who was back from his... Was that an ACL? Yeah. Yep, so he's back from the ACL injury. That was a fun matchup to watch because Penne was initially at that right tackle spot. They move him over to left tackle. Because he struggled in the preseason. Exactly. So Bosa, goes over, Bosa actually had said after the game he definitely was better on the left. And then he said that Penne was going to be really good. So the Lions... We're without Pro Bowler Taylor Decker, mm-hmm. who's out with injury. It's he, I think he's going to be back. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, I think he's back here this week. Um, but even without him, 116 yards, which is for the Lions, they the amount of 100-yard rushing games is, I can count on probably one or two hands, right, in the last, like, five years, mm-hmm. has been a terrible point of contention for them. And almost all of that was in the first half. Because when you go down 31 to 10, and then you have a deficit like that of 21 points, you cannot run the ball, right? Mm-hmm. You're forced to throw the ball. And I don't think they wanted to do that with Jared Goff and the wide receiver core. Wide receiver core is like probably the worst part of the team right now. Well, defense. Defense definitely is worse. Never yeah, mind. The Lions defense yeah. is horrendous. It really is right now. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> I, like I actually had to pull up a roster when I was watching the game. <laughs> like that's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm a pretty big Lions fan, and I'm looking out there and I see a guy. There's a linebacker, uh, long blonde hair, like thirty something. I forget his name. He's wearing a C on his chest. Like I think there's like the Anzalone. You talking about yeah, Anzalone? Anzalone. He, he came he over to New Orleans for a while. Yeah, he came over yeah. from the Saints with uh, Campbell and with uh, Aaron Glenn and those guys when they came over here. To, so 
I'm like, who the hell is it? He's the captain on defense. I don't even know his name. That's embarrassing as hell. I did not like that. Um, but that first half, though, I mean, when you're looking at those those holes that the offensive line was making, I could have crushed through those. Yeah. Like, I, I legitimately could, the way that, you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable in those crutches now, but I can get through those. Like, uh, Jamal Williams, by the way, I think might be my favorite lion at this point. Yeah. They're running back with the dreads. The dude is fantastic. He's out there playing catch with all the kids before the games. He's posting on his Instagram stories all of his little anime. He's a big anime guy. He's such a goofball. They got like, they do that little camera before they go out to practice. Like, who's your favorite superhero? Or like, what's your side with your steak dinner? Uh huh. He gives an entertaining answer every single day. You ever watch his interviews? Yes. His yeah, interviews he, are fantastic too. He's, he's he comical. He is. And it's he's, easy. He's not trying. No, he's not. It's just, I feel like it's just him. Yeah, he's just He's being super himself. authentic. Jamal Williams right now, my favorite line. He had a big day. DeAndre Swift back. Jamal Williams actually got the start because Swift was banged up. But DeAndre Swift is back. Um, so they go 116 yards. I thought it was really more than that. It felt like we were gashing them in the first half. I don't know if you guys watched them. I didn't think game. DeAndre Swift was going to play it down this season. Right? This season? Yeah. I thought week one he wasn't going to play. I thought he'd be back. No, uh, Because some really? reports that came up, he was involved in a murder. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, I, dude. Uh, yeah. I forgot. How did I forget about that? <laughs> yeah. I was in the locker room. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I going down. It's over with. <laughs> it's over with. It's somebody tried to rob him. He shot him. Left yeah. the area. Came back. Shot him again. I'm like, I done. <laughs> it's over with. Wasn't he at camp too? Like he wasn't even home. Like he wasn't even back yeah, to wherever. He, he was. He he was he, in the facility. Like I don't think he was even there at the time of wherever this report was. Somebody was, was in like Philly. Yeah, I don't even know where it was at, but like. Um, I just, I loved, like, somebody tweeted out, they're like, Dan Campbell didn't actually say this, like, disclaimer, but this is just be such a Dan Campbell response and be like, yeah, I saw the reports. He's like, even though he didn't kill anyone, I really love the fact that these <laughs> guys, I, I love the fact that some people believe that we could just put someone in a body bag. Like, I just love that thought. I just like, that, that would be such a Dan Campbell thing to say, too, like. I saw that on Twitter, so he didn't actually No, he did not actually say it. I I was like, no way. Bro, (laughs) a lot of people believe that. A lot of people believe that. But, like, Dan Campbell, you imagine him come to his press box with, like, his 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 car racing helmet. Like, just imagine some stupid shit like that and just be like, yeah, you know what? Our guys are tough. I just, I like that other people believe we have the potential to put someone in a body bag. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so thankfully, DeAndre Swift is not a murderer, which, (laughs) at least to our knowledge... Right. That's so, right now. That's <laughs> so that's good. Um, but no really any takeaways from the Niners in this one. Uh, we got we got Trey Lance through that first touchdown pass. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy G played pretty well though. He did play had a solid game. I mean, I put up a ton of points against a terrible defense, but to score in the NFL is still scoring. Like 41 is 41. Exactly. I don't think against any defense is still a respectable number. So I really thought the 49ers, not to say they're not going to at this point. You know what? I've only seen them play a little bit here, but uh, I thought they were going to be like really good this year with the amount of guys they have coming back off injury, and they still have a chance, like I said, to be very good. Um, but in their division, I just feel like the other teams are looking a lot better right now. We saw the Rams form. I guess that's a good uh, segue into that Rams Bears game, right? So what? It, let's talk. Let's start with you, Jimmy. You were obviously very amped up for that one at, oh, at yeah. certain points in the game. Yeah. So uh, obviously, at this point, I think and the Andy Dalton experiment. Like, yeah. Let it go. Like, forget about it. Forget about it. it. All right. So I love it. Justin Fields looked like he belonged in that field. Yeah. Every time he came in there, there was like a handoff, which was kind of boring. Every time he came in there, I was so excited. But like that rushing touchdown, like you were exhilarated. I was, I was happy as a clam. <laughs> I was. Uh, but uh, anyway, I I think Justin Fields should be the guy. He is 
He gives the Bears the best chance to win football games. Yeah. So he should be starting at quarterback. It's simple. He's very confident, and I think that exactly. shows in his play, and it shows in his body language. And I don't think I was expecting as much confidence coming off of him initially. Right? I feel like we don't see that ten- like usually with a lot of guys like that. But um, I wonder how he is in the locker room. I, I can't. I feel like I can't get real read on Justin Fields so, as a dude. Uh, I can actually tell you about that. Okay. So, um, so my dad, one of his good friends, lives in the neighborhood. He's like, he like works for the Bears, like so in some sort of way. I'm not. We sure got what. an insider here. Insider We're report. So, this. from the day Justin Fields got drafted to the Bears, he has been the first one in the facility and the last one to leave every single day. And this is someone that works. Someone yeah. that works for the Bears. Yeah. And like honestly, like. I, being a quarterback, you have to be early. You have to leave late. Yeah. Like that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. he's doing that as a rookie. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's a that's sometimes a line that gets overused. But like, just the fact that you're actually doing that that goes a long way. You know what I mean? Like that's that's definitely the right thing to do. So that's that's good to hear because I feel like I watch all these things on him. Did you watch the uh, anything about the pre-draft with him? It was uh, him, Micah Parsons. Uh, who's that? Uh, DB from South Carolina. Jesse Horn. Horn. Yep, JC Horn and one other person, I forget who, but they all had like the pre drafts workouts and all that. So you got to like learn more about these guys a little bit. It was on NFL it was an NFL network thing. But I feel like I never really got a good uh sense of Justin Fields, not as a football player, but as a dude. Like Super I couldn't really calm. Like he, he, he is, doesn't seem like he's like rattled by anything. He just like so like composed all the yeah. time. And like that's another really the key component of being a quarterback, is just being composed. Like I'd agree with always, that. Always like having your you know, yeah, keeping it together and everything. Stat line wise, Justin Fields only two passes, uh, completed both of them for ten yards. So I mean, really didn't have much of a chance to show himself there. Andy Dalton, twenty-seven for thirty-eight, two hundred and six yards, one interception. Um, but can still, we I talk thought, about the interception? Let's talk about it. Who was he throwing it? the ball to? <laughs> Who was he throwing the ball to? Cole Komet was wide open. This is why we need. Way. Yes, he was. That was the that was the worst. Cole Komet's on me. my fantasy team. Yeah, that just that stung a little bit, but it was. This is why we need the video version of the podcast. Then you throw up the clip, and uh, you really make it look bad. But. He wasn't throwing it to anybody. <laughs> he like nobody. Like he wasn't throwing it to anybody. Like even if the defender didn't tip it, it yeah. wasn't going to anybody. Like, yeah, Allen Robinson didn't have the game I was expecting out of him because Matt Nagy. Just made him run five yard slants and outside. That's game. true. You think that's that's part of it? It's just the route, the concepts, and you're not utilizing him the right way. He had deep threat. Yeah, he had six catches, thirty five yards. Marquise Goodwin was their number one with four catches for forty five, and then Komet had uh, five for forty two. But really well split, I will say. They used a lot of different targets, which I don't know actually is the right idea when you have a guy like Allen Robinson. I feel like you get him the majority of at least looks, you know what I mean? Like more targets than that, but I don't know. Um, they, they just spread it out a lot. You have Damian Williams with four catches, Darnell Mooney with five, Demir Bird with three, Jimmy Graham had the one, and then Montgomery had one out of the backfield. Montgomery I, I, I had like five catches too. Yes, Kmet had five for 42. Uh, Montgomery, 16 carries, 108 yards. So that was a, obviously a really good match. Montgomery's a stud. I, he's he unbelievable. And the Bears' O-line is like not very good. And if you run for 108 yards behind that offensive line, like – Against the Rams defense? Yeah. Like that's that's incredible. Yeah, 14 points, which I think is probably where I expected them to be at, yeah. against, especially against that Rams defense. Yeah. They, that they has left points on the board, too. They turned the ball over on the five-yard line. Very true. That first, is it the first, the first, first drive? First drive of the game, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. So much hope and pride. That's that's when, a, when Montgomery broke that run, I'm uh, like, oh, my God, they're going to the Super Bowl. This is happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, uh, that's such a game-changing play. play. Yeah. Oh. 
That's such a game changer. I don't know play. if you remember, but there was it was like third and one, and there was a false start. Yes, and then yeah, he yeah. threw the pick, and like mm-hmm. that, just costly penalties like that. Yes, yeah, so you think, to, you know, if this, then this, whatever. You can play this game all day, no, but yeah. take away that false start, third and one. You're not throwing the ball. I'm giving the ball to Montgomery right? ten times out of ten, especially after, especially after what time. just happened and the way yeah. he's playing. So, uh, thirty-four points for the Rams offense, though, in Stafford's debut. Um, I would say that's not being talked about, but it is being talked about ad nausea by everyone. Everyone's talking Stafford about this. Stafford yep. that. You know, he played a great game, but like he did. He, two of those touchdowns were just completely like just blown coverages. One yep. of them, the one that Van Jefferson caught, wasn't blown coverage, but like he was down on the ground and they, no one touched yeah. him. And then Cooper Cup's touchdown, I believe, was that? That was yeah. the blown that coverage. Was there might have not been anyone with that. That reminded yards that reminded me of the Chris Conti game. I don't know if uh, you guys remember this, but it was like 2013, week 17. Against the Packers. Yeah, fourth and six, I believe. Fourth and eight. And uh, Randall Cobb just broke one, like, 55 yards. Ran Chris right Conti, up the seam. Chris Conti just completely blew the coverage. <laughs> oh, I was I was at that game in the that south was... end zone, just watching the whole thing going down. It was just the north end zone. But, yeah, anyway, I was there. That's it was brutal. It's just horrible. Yeah, yeah, Cooper Cup on that one. You're right. Like, literally just took the top right off the cover. And, like, I guess there's something to be said about an NFL quarterback when you have those opportunities to take advantage of them. But, like, at this point in Stafford's career, there's no, there's really no prove it. Like everybody knows what Stafford is and what you're going to get out of him. Now mm-hmm. it's just seeing him in a bigger market with a better offense and better weapons. Twenty for twenty six was the impressive part for me is that he had very little incompletions, no turnovers there, which is really important. Three hundred and twenty yards and three touchdowns, like we already had commented on. Uh, the rushing attack wasn't crazy. Uh, Stafford himself actually five carries for negative five. So he got pressured a bit on the night there, especially late. Uh, Sony Michelle, I didn't realize. Was on the Rams. Yep. He had one carry for two yards, but their leading rusher was Henderson. 16 carries, 70 yards. Doesn't really feel like that's going to be a prominent part of their game. Um, but I guess we'll kind of see how they develop as they go on. Cooper Cup was lean receiver, seven catches for 108. Obviously, that one definitely inflated his stats because most of them were check down type uh, routes and other things of that nature. But when you talk about guys on a defense that bring back two of not even arguably, two of the best defensive players in the league and Ramsey and Donald, and then you bring them a supporting cast too on that defense with some other talented people around them. With that offense, are they the obvious pick to come out of the NFC? I don't think there's an obvious pick, but are they the lead pick? I would still say the Bucks are the lead pick to win the NFC. Sorry, NFC West. Oh, well, NFC yes, West. Sorry, um, we'll, we'll talk NFC big picture in a sec, but NFC West. Yeah, either, either them or Seattle, I'd yeah. say. Because... Russell Wilson's still in Seattle. You know, you can't forget about Russell Russ. Wilson is still in Seattle. I'm yeah. actually almost surprised that there was a lot of turmoil there for a while with Russ in between Russ and Pete. Mm-hmm. Did you read anything about like there was that was for a while? I feel like that's been hushed up very recently and it's all kind of gone away, like yeah. very conveniently. As I soon as Russ the season started. Yeah. Like really, there was a lot of controversy. <laughs> there was a, like it was real. There was real dispute between Russ and Pete for a while there. And I wondered if anything was going to come out of it. Obviously, I guess it hasn't. Do they just sweep that under the rug? Yeah. It felt like it feels like they've been sweeping that under the rug for years. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because initially the argument started that. Russ brought up the fact they had not addressed the offensive line situation. He's running for his life back there, basically, is what he's saying. is He's getting hit, taking all these unnecessary hits. And it just felt like that wasn't really addressed recently. So why has the argument gone away? In an age and an era where players get what they want more than ever, why is Russell Wilson all of a sudden just complacent and, like, fine with not getting his – I mean, he's he might be different. He's kind of an older – you know, not really part of that. But you know what I'm talking about? Especially like NBA, NFL is a little bit different. We talk about professional sports leagues now and the player associations. They have a lot more 
demands and a lot more, what's the word, pull, right? They have a lot more pull in a lot of the decision-making processes. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But I got Arizona coming out the NFC West. Do you? That's the other team we, worked, we haven't talked about. Arizona. Arizona looked good. Yeah. Arizona looked like how they were supposed to look with Kyler Murray. You know Wait. what I mean? That's what? Wait, what? What? Man, them boys nice. They are. Them boys. LA nice. You know what I'm saying? You know what you're getting out of LA? Yeah. Man, if you're talking about like a shootout, mm-hmm. you can't outshoot the Cardinals, I don't think. Other yeah. than maybe the Buccaneers and the Packers when they, whenever they decide to wake up. Yeah. So, but how about right the now? Cardinal defense. Right? Yeah, exactly. Ty's eyes got wide there. Man. You guys can't see it, but his eyes got wide there. I'm telling you, them boys nice. They are. Them boys is nice. And a lot, of, a lot obviously gets talked about the defensive front for the Cardinals with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on either side of the, the line there. And Chandler Jones exposing the hell out of Taylor Luan in his first game back from a torn ACL with five sacks that game. Was it three in the first quarter? Three in the first quarter. Come on. Man. And then Luan comes out. And you and got J.J. Watt on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then you got Buda Baker back there playing. Man. They're honest. legit. And you got They're a legit. linebacker that run a 4-3. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, that. Isaiah Simmons. Man. And he's playing. Again, again, this team for me, again, one week, but a quality opponent in the Titans. They're playing how they are supposed to play. Isaiah Simmons is playing how they thought he was going to play when they drafted him. Kyler Murray is playing how he's supposed to play with his style, and he's utilizing his weapons, right? So... At 21 for 32, 289 yards, four touchdowns, that one pick. Um, their running game wasn't anything crazy, even though they gave a lot of carries. Uh, to James Conner got 16 carries. Only 53 yards on those, though. I didn't I went, feel like he, he went got about 30. Carries. You got to start running the ball. I, I guess that's fair. That's, that's a good point. Um, but they spread out the ball really well between DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore out of Purdue had a couple key catches on, on conversions for four sta- four, uh, first downs. Excuse me. Yeah. Chase Edmonds had four catches. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just felt like for me, they're playing how they're supposed to play. So it'll be a thing of consistency for me now, but that defense, man, that defense, that defense was awesome to see, uh, the Titans offense. What the hell? What happened? You stopped Derrick Henry. You stopped the Titans. Yeah. So 17 carries 58 yards, average 3.4. That is bad. And Julio Jones, uh, in his first game with the Titans, remember how blockbuster of a, of a, a deal that was. You know, Chester Rogers was their leading receiver. Who the hell is Chester yeah, Rogers? I was about to say. I'm about to say, who's that? I he's number All eighty. I know is I'm that assuming he used to play for the Colts. He used to play for the Colts. Yeah, oh, he, he a did. little he like baby yeah. receiver. Is he? He's like five number nine, eighty. Okay, so pounds. Chester Rogers is the Titans' leading receiver. AJ Brown, not Julio Jones. AJ Brown had a touchdown though. I think he did. He had four catches, forty nine yards, and a touchdown. Um, but again, the whole idea of picking up a Julio is taking away that coverage and that emphasis off a guy like A.J. Brown, who's like stud and could be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. You add a Julio Jones in the mix, take cover off a lot of those defenses. That was the whole idea, I feel like, in acquiring a guy like Julio Jones is to open up a guy like A.J. Brown. Not so much that, oh, Julio's going to be great. We know Julio's a little bit older. He still has a lot of athletic ability. And he's a great player. But that Titans, that Titans offense for me. I think Ryan Tannehill was just, you know, paranoid. You think he so? just got sacked three times in the first quarter. You don't know when he's coming back, especially your blind side. Mm-hmm. All right, last last NFL piece here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. We haven't talked about Aaron yet, right? I don't believe so. No, nah. no. Aaron Rodgers. I'll give you the stat line, Jimmy, and I'd like to I'd like to hear what you have to say on this. Fifteen for twenty eight, one hundred and thirty three yards, two interceptions for a passer rating 
of 36.8. Oh, can I say something? So hold on, hold on. Let me finish this point first. His last year regular season passer rating over the whole regular season. What are your good as your guess? Probably like 100 or something. 121.5, which is like one of the best. Like that's that's very good. So you go from that, come out and lay a freaking egg, 36.8. What are you going to say, Ty? I saw a tweet. It said, if Aaron Rodgers would have oh, threw yes. every pass into the dirt, he'd yes. have had a higher pass rating than what he had on Sunday. You're right. I saw the same tweet. And they gave the stats there, too. Yeah. It was like, How? like, like 38 or something if he just threw yeah. every pass into the dirt. It's the interceptions, I believe, that really bring that down, right? Turning the ball over. They're very critical on turning the ball over. Um, and his Because his completion percentage was over 50%. So it's not terrible. Like, it's not brutal. You know what I mean? But it's not good. It's still not very good. Um, but, Jimmy, what did you see from our guy Aaron? Besides his new look, the man bun and the nice grizzly, uh, the beard he's got going on. Yeah, so uh, it has been addressed earlier in the podcast that I'm a very big Bears fan. <laughs> and um, over the years, I've learned that uh, every time I open my mouth about Aaron Rodgers, that uh, he ends up just coming back and burning, <laughs> burning the Bears, burning them. But um, he's, he's caused me a lot of misery and trauma throughout my life. Uh, but uh, but this yeah, year's not, but uh, this yeah. That brought me so much joy <laughs> to see to see Aaron Rodgers struggle like that and like like be complaining and everything towards his teammates like it just made me so happy like <laughs> oh so now Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on the Pat McAfee show shout out that's awesome show but yeah, shout him, out Pat McAfee for like, the brand yeah but like that's just gonna be so great if like oh. if this continues to like if. That was obviously such a great deal for Pat last year, right? Oh, to have the MVP man. of the NFL come yeah. on your show every week. <laughs> this year, man, that could be something entirely different. Uh, I mean, that's people's like Super Bowl picks out of the out of the NFC. Some a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? At least NFC Championship, like going to that NFC Championship. A lot of people are saying Bucks Packers again. So it, uh, they got some stuff to figure out, especially when you bring back guys like Adams and uh, why am I blanking? Running back Adams and uh, no, uh, shoot, running back Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones, Aaron Jones. Yeah, so you bring back guys like that, just a supporting cast. Aaron Rodgers, who makes everyone around him better, usually. I think Devontae Adams is going to leave too. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this they're is, pretty close. This is, it. this is it in Green Bay. I feel like they're pretty this close, like him year. and Aaron. Aaron, but Aaron, Aaron, Aaron will be gone. Year. Yeah, Aaron will be gone. Yeah, That's yeah. true. He don't I think he follows him. No, I don't think he. I think he. I think he's going to go to Vegas or L.A. He's going to want to play with Derek Carr. Play either either going to play college. with Derek Carr or he's going to go to the Chargers to play with Keenan Allen. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, finish it up. Let's talk about our boy Jameis. LASIK eye surgery did Famous him well. Jameis. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but um, I'll give you the stat line again. 14 for 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns for the boy. So that's crazy. Um, especially when there was actually, there was. I don't really understand it, but there was legitimate speculation as to who was going to be the Saints' starting quarterback week one for a while. I don't know how. I I love Taysom Hill. I'm the biggest Taysom Hill fan ever. He's a great dude. He's a great player. He's a really good athlete. Yeah. He is not a franchise quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback. No. He, they call him a Swiss Army knife. Because he's not. Exactly if, what he, he is. if he was a quarterback, they call him a quarterback. Like he called him a Swiss Army knife. And he's getting paid a lot of money. Four years, $140 million, Yes. So the catch with that contract, I believe we talked about it on here before, is that like every voidable. one of those years is voidable. That's correct. Ooh. So does Taysom get cut loose after this year? Yeah, probably. That's going to be very interesting. Because he they, said it. But the thing is, like, Sean Payton has already come out and acknowledged the fact that he believes Taysom is a the caliber of a starting quarterback in this league. He's endorsed him multiple times in front of the press. 
and said that and then paid him like that. Taysom has said if they don't view him as a starting quarterback, he's going to leave. leave. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah. After this year, yeah, he probably especially died. if Jameis play, continues to play like this, which, by the way, we have a totally different Jameis Winston, which is so funny. In the interviews and everything. He's so professional. Just be prepared. He's a different prepared, bird. Yeah. He's a different bird. I love it, though. He's such a goofball. Those training yeah. videos. Oh, he's so funny. Dodging the, fr- <laughs> the ball, coming uh. back and forth. I don't know what his trainer. I don't know what his trainer is on, but he got him looking right week one. I was gonna say, but he had him looking right week one. That's exactly what I was about to say. Uh, What games looking forward to this week? I know college wise, uh, Auburn, Penn State is gonna be a big one. Oh yeah, we also have uh, BYU, USC. Is no BYU, not USC. It's uh, Arizona State. BYU, Arizona State. Those are two top twenty-five teams that are gonna play. Um, Michigan State, Miami. Oh. Yeah, I forgot about that. That'll be a good one. That'll Alabama, good Florida, sports. man. Yes, I forgot about oh, that. I forgot about Alabama, Alabama Florida, about man. Uh, who is who is Florida's quarterback? Is it that? We don't know yet. Is it is his name like Emory Jones? Emory, Emory Jones, Jones and Emory Anthony Jones. Richardson. Yeah, we don't know. Anthony Richardson is Cam Newton 2.0. Really? Go watch his highlights after this. I will. And then you're going to text me be like, he is Cam Newton 2.0. <laughs> Like he built like him, he moved like him. Like, did Emory Jones get the start uh, last week though? Yes, but he like, did, yeah. Anthony, Anthony, I already forgot his name. Richards. Richardson. Is he younger? Richardson. Yeah, he's like a freshman. He's a freshman, and he's just like outplayed him like every game. It's crazy. That's Emory wild. Jones keep getting a start, and they blow him out, and they keep putting Richardson in, and then he just go in and he just <laughs> balls. It's crazy. So, <laughs> I feel like if that game get out of hand early, you're gonna see a lot of fifteen. Yeah, number what's, fifteen, what's, like Tebow, like that's crazy. I promise you, you gonna watch his highlights and then you are gonna text me, like yeah, that's like Cam Newton legit. in the flesh reincarnated. Uh-huh. What was that? What was that face for, John? There's a couple of really good games this weekend. Yeah. Chiefs, Ravens. It's a uh, Sunday night game. Good. Uh, Rams, Ravens Colts. Rams, Colts will be a good one. Yeah, well, um, that, Colts, that Colts sneaky, defensive front. A sneaky one is uh, Raiders Steelers. That'll be a, that'll be a good dude. One the Ra- people, okay, dude, people are Raiders really are six point underdogs. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Browns? Um, who the Browns have this week again? The Texans. They have Texans, the Texans, they're, so they're, they're favored gonna, by, I think, 13 points. 12 and a half, yeah. Yep, there Ira you go. Taylor looked incredible last week. He did, but that is the most the Browns have been favored since coming back into the NFL Was that in, like, 1999. 1999? Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> uh. And, like, I don't – Tyra Taylor looked great. And the really Houston good. offense, like, actually looked somewhat dynamic for a bit there. They were playing the Jaguars, so let's not forget that. Um, that was kind of the toilet bowl. But the Browns the Brown should steamroll. But back to the Raiders. People are saying the Raiders have a real chance to beat that Steelers team. The Steelers look really, really good. They looked good. But I, the Raiders did, too. No, I don't think so. The Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders beat the Ravens. Good. The Raiders, the Ravens are a good team. The Ravens don't have any. Beating the Bills. They have no defensive backs. They don't. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. They, I got Marlon Humphrey. So, dude, injuries. Did you guys see that play? Marlon Humphrey running like, backs. caught the ball, and he didn't know he caught the ball. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was the first quarter, so. Mm-hmm. But still, that's a. That's a killer. That's hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited for that. But otherwise, I mean, I think that's about it for today. Got anything else, fellas? Clay Hilton. Clay Hilton? Yeah. What about him? He got fired after getting an extension. Oh, USC. Yeah. Yes. Extended him this summer to fire him after the second game. 
I have never that, seen that before in my life. No, that coaching spot feels like a revolving door a lot of the time. Always. Right? That's very high pressure as soon as you go in there to win. There's a lot of stories in that, it's in that hard program. To, it's hard to live up to USC. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's big time. The lights are on all the time. Because I saw right? some. You don't get away with a lot. They're one and one. What? It was like Who's DJ, Ugalele, Bryce Young. Uh, it was a bunch of other high-profile. Okay. California uh, quarterbacks that are not going to USC. Really? That are like going across the country uh-huh. to go to other schools. Get like, away from USC. They cannot, they cannot even. Keep their local talent. You know what I'm saying? And it's. It's some talent in California. Uh, yeah, there are. That's what Michigan schools, Michigan schools, excuse me, pride themselves on doing that a lot, right? The thing for Michigan for a long time was the best players in Michigan go to Michigan. That's mm-hmm. what they always have said. Um, and now Michigan has been getting the recruits. They just haven't really been winning games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State has kind of, they used to be of that approach. D'Antonio really had a lot of really good connections in the state. Mel Tucker still is getting some big recruits from the state, but he's really looked elsewhere. For a lot of his talent, a lot of his talent's coming from the west side of the, of the oh, excuse me, of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they continue that and how Mel Tucker's recruiting, I guess, uh, process goes. I think I've been seeing Eric Bieniemy, the yeah. uh, Chiefs' mm-hmm. old coordinator, that they're gonna look to him towards for the job. Really, and I was seeing that they're gonna look at Penn State coach James Franklin for the job. I don't think James Franklin's gonna leave USC or uh, Penn, Penn State. State. Oh, for no, USC? No hey, way. I wouldn't Quick story. State. Quick story. One of my rival high schools, I'm, I'm over watching one of their games. I guess it worked out where I could like watch their game, you know what I mean? Because it was like at a different time. Mm-hmm. James Franklin, I shit you not, flies in on a helicopter and lands next to the field before the game. Mm-hmm. Comes out, just talking, you know, just talking to people, whatever. People are going fucking nuts. Game was a blow up by halftime. Walks over. <laughs> And you don't think that's going to bring recruits to USC? That is Come crazy. on, man. Come on, man. This is like 10 minutes from where I live, bro. Like, Come nuts. On, or where I used to live. But, like, crazy. That dude, he's legit. He's legit. And, like, that type of effort shows, you know what I mean? Like, for guys like that. So, again, I don't think he'll leave Penn State. I feel like his roots are there. And they're going to potentially have a, have a solid year this year, even though they have stunk in the past. I don't know, man. You can't. USC, that's like, when you talk about brands. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's like, like that's Alabama. Like the, the Cowboys almost of college football. You feel me? That's what, I, that's what I say. Because they underperform, really. Right? But the brands and the value there. The brand. Unmatched. Like, the Cowboys are still the most valuable pro tr- franchise. And they, like, can't even win a playoff game. <laughs> exactly, dude. So, we'll see. But otherwise, if you have listened for this much talking, I appreciate you. And last thing too, genuinely, the Colts gonna be the first team to uh, be on in season hard knocks. You think so? This year? No, is that, that, that's that thing. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I did not see that. Yeah, that's it, it was a halftime during that the game. That is sick. First team. Oh, to I'm be gonna love that, bro. On the in season hard knocks. I'm gonna love that. That's so cool. Damn. But really, you made it this far listening. I appreciate you. We'll have another episode out for you next week. Uh, with one or maybe two guests. I'm working on those right now. So uh, hopefully we'll get that going. The video podcast will be up in a few weeks here as long as I am moving around and the knee is functioning. But otherwise, thank you guys very much. Jimmy, Ty, appreciate you fellas a lot. Seriously. Um, Thank you, Kobe. And let's have a good weekend of football. Let's get ourselves a W. Some GLIAC wins in here. Let's stop losing to out-of-conference teams. And let's watch some good football, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Okay, baby.